This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Show we get to talk to somebody that has written 20 books and has sold over three million copies. And the name, the first book that she wrote was called Diet for a Small Planet. And it's like I said, that one itself has um it's its 50-year anniversary coming up, and it's sold three million copies. We're gonna talk to her about that. And we're with Mitch. Um Mitch is with us today. And Mitch, first of all, how are you, sir? I am doing great, Kevin. How about yourself? I'm just awesome. Thank you. We had a great uh, time uh, last hour. We talked to a guy who makes uh, uh, horror masks and stuff. And we transitioned. Man, that was cool. Yeah, I tell you. We transitioned to a really great um, uh, author and uh, somebody that is really interested in taking care of humanity. Um, She's got a um, website and a business called Small Planet Institute where living democracy and feeding hope is uh, their mission. And uh, we're going to talk to her. But first, uh, I need to check with Eric to make sure that everything's good and we're all good, Eric. How are you? (laughs) Everything is good, gentlemen. Good to see you both. Happy Wednesday. Indeed, indeed. And today, I know that, Eric, you are somebody that is deeply interested in in democracy and, and how our country lives in a better, in a better way for us to be. And, uh, and so this will be an interesting show, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to listening in. Well, we appreciate that. And uh, Mitch, would you like to introduce our guest? Oh, yes. Uh, well, I can. Oh yeah. I just wanted to make sure I didn't mess the name up. And so you go ahead and take over. I, I don't know why I lost the. Uh... Francis Moore LePay. Uh, right when you said it, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's bring Francis on on board. Francis, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be with you. We're, and we're so happy to have you on KKNW. You're all being broadcast all throughout the Seattle area. Wonderful. And uh, what's it like selling three million books? I've talked to. <laughs> let me let me preface that. I've talked to a lot of authors. And there are very few have over the course of, of a period of time have sold that number of one particular uh, book. And it was your first book that you'd written. That was, did, did you go to the lottery after that to see if you could win some money <laughs> doing that? Well, let me tell you this. I love to tell students this. I made a C on my first English paper in college. So never did I ever imagine I would be an author. But as I tell students too, I found my question. I found my question I had to answer. And the question was, is hunger really caused by scarcity? Because all in that period of time in the late 60s, we were told that the earth was running out of food. And so I said, okay, I wanna see, is that true? And I went to the library, had a friendly librarian and I put two and two together and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, there's more than enough, the lack scarcity is of democracy not food that's was the beginning 
and that became became a 50 year run and and has produced 20 books and uh and so is that where it really began for you and by the way i i just wanted to mention did you take when you uh got the numbers for the first book did you take that c back to your professor and say uh, <laughs> i think you need to regrade this paper uh, well um i know i was in a different school and um but it i had such incredible good fortune here as i say i'd never written anything and my book got into the hands my manuscript got in the hands of the founders of paperback publishing in america so and uh betty ballantyne was uh then head of valentine books and i once said to her like just about 10 years ago said betty why did you take a chance on me i'd never written anything and she said frankie it wasn't you it was your ideas that i loved i had to get your ideas out and I, if you couldn't write it she said i could do that so that's when publishers were really committed to, you know, doing doing the right thing and uh, figuring out how to get it written. Well, that's that's awesome. So you have taken that over the last fifty years, and you started to look at um, the deficiencies. Now, you you use the expression "a living democracy." Would you describe what you mean by a living democracy? Yes, that's so important. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we think of democracy as a structure of government and a lot of rules, but actually it is a way of life. It is a way of life in which we are enabled to feel connection with each other, a sense of agency, and that's because power is dispersed and we all have some. So um, I tend to think that this idea of living democracy takes it away from just, you can have all the rules you want and if people aren't engaged, then you don't, you're not going to maintain it. And I think so many people think of democracy as just, um, you know, do you have the right laws? Not do you have a culture that treasures engagement? And our young people, young people really taught that democracy is exciting and, and rewarding to participate in. So that's what I mean by living democracy. Thank you for that. I love that you asked me. Oh, you're, you're more than welcome because we in our country, seems to me and i'd love your opinion on this it seems to me that we are not as engaged with each other and engaged in what's happening in our country and making sure that everybody gets out and votes i don't care what you vote about but that you get out and be engaged and and vote and and participate we don't have a lot of participation in, in, and I think hopefully young people are kind of getting it now, but uh, what do you think about that? No, I agree, I agree. And again, not as a dull duty, but as a sense of our own power. And last night I had the joy of being at a gathering of a new project called New Politics in which they're encouraging young people to run for office. And I got to listen to a 30 something in Virginia who's running for the state legislature and she was just brilliant and convincing. And uh, she was getting uh, some help from this group called New Politics. So I think people, there is a shift happening. <laughs> and I hope more and more of this kind of approach of uh, finding people who are really talented and encouraging them that, that it is a rewarding way of life to run for office. See, I think Mitch would be really good if he ran for office. He's got... Um, Mitch, what do you think about it? Have you ever thought about, you know, uh, you're a lot younger. You're in that um, 
20 something 30 something set have you ever thought about running for office or getting highly engaged in in the running of our country and not necessarily politics but to taking care of each other and running the country i mean i've it's always been something i've thought about i think when i say i've thought about it um i've thought about different things that i can do to make a change um and you know that looks like different things in different levels i haven't really necessarily gone deep on the side of the political side of of that although i'm you know i think everybody's had that moment where like well if i was president or if i was in charge of this this is what i would do and you know of course but i mean i do like to argue and i do (laughs) and i do i do like to you know i do like to get up and talk in front of people so you know i figure i could probably figure it out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that it, it is indeed and and francis i, I just want to tell you i'm i'm um, really pleased that you're so involved with it and have been for so long As a matter of fact your most recent publication crisis of trust yes how can democracies protect against dangerous lies which is uh 2023 that that has come out in and i think that's an important an important question that we need to be asking absolutely and i looked over the world this is what i tend to do i think we all model ourselves after each other and so we need examples of something that is working to make us believe it's possible and so i i just really got enamored and really impressed with New Zealand. (laughs) New Zealand has this very sophisticated approach. It's called the Broadcast Standards Authority, Broadcast Standards Authority, and it's completely transparent. They have a website and anyone can submit a complaint about something that has to be both false and dangerous. It has to, you know, it just can't be wrong. It has to have danger, uh, dangerous implications. And then anyone who submits a complaint of, that has those two, um, two you know, negatives, then they are put into a database that anybody can see. You can go in and see what happens. And then a panel of widely respected people, they, they look at that seriously and they decide, and they decide what the correction has to be. I'll give you just one example. That there was a daytime TV show uh, a couple years ago in New Zealand that dissed the idea of COVID, you know, as a pro, I mean, it was, COVID misinformation. And so when people complained, the authorities said, okay, next week (laughs) and the same time, same program, you've got to have an episode that includes the true danger of COVID. So it didn't muzzle in that sense, but it said you've got to make up for your mistake. And I I know a lot of people might be worried about it, but um, in terms of, of oppressive use, but so far, it's been very rarely implemented. You know, they've never, because I think just having an authority like that m- would prevent people from spreading lies. And so I think it's only like seven, seven something percent that have actually, uh, of the complaints have been followed up with, a, okay, take this down or uh, correct it. So I'm, you know, I like to share stories of possibility. Uh, that not that we could do exactly that, but that the idea that there is a way to combat disinformation was the theme of that book. Yeah. I think it's really important that we work together to number one, communicate with each other better and, and also to make sure that we have the correct information. 
that is not. Um, and is the internet one of the driving forces of why there's so much disinformation out there? Oh, certainly. I mean, it's changed everything. And um, I, uh, you know, the key to me is transparency. That as long as um, we are, that, that I'm not worried about censorship, as long as we have transparency about what is happening and why. And I think, you know, that we've, we've in this country, have kind of this absolute sense that there can be no uh, limits, um, almost no limits. So I would love people to look at this report, Crisis of Trust, and read about a country like, um, like uh, New Zealand. And also, France has an interesting story to tell. Sweden has an interesting story, how they're, how they're managing to combat the danger uh, and the harm of misinformation now speaking of new zealand now tell me if you know something about them and i may be wrong in this but several years ago they had a horrific mass shooting yes and yep. at and at that particular time they decided they were going to as a people make a decision about guns am i correct in that yes i think so there was also this this whole uh Broadcast Standards Authority and what I'm describing to you was also because of a, of a shooting that was lot you know that was live on, on, on you know live videos going and that it took a long time to take it down and so that kind of triggered, uh, this was a number of years ago triggered, this national debate on how can we approach this sort of thing in a way that is truly accountably democratic. Interesting, Mitch. Any thoughts? Yeah, no. I, I there's 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 a lot of different ways I think to approach things, and I I feel like uh, everybody has a different viewpoint, or a lot of there's there's too many different ways all trying to come together. Um, but I think the big thing, you know, kind of like what Francis is saying, like it's nice to see that there, whether it's a different country or different organizations where they are actually trying to find the facts, um, you know, around things. Um, I mean, there's just so many channels of how we can communicate. Like you had mentioned the internet, um, as being, you know, that's a way to just mass spread potentially harmful information or stuff that's not true. And it's like, who's actually monitoring this. And so, I mean, it's, I didn't know the, the stuff about New Zealand. I think that's pretty cool that they, they kind of created a system to kind of help alleviate this potential problem. But, but yeah. Yeah. The key is transparency really about what you're doing and who's making the decisions. And I really think that this system has greatly, and, and I've read, you know, greatly improved. And of course, a, a report last year said that New Zealanders are still not satisfied. Uh, maybe we never will be, but at least they're they're engaging in getting citizen opinion about how we can do better. And uh, uh, I, I just love the the idea that they are they are brave enough to tackle it and to keep evolving it in response to feedback from the public. That's the key. Isn't there's no perfect solution, right? And uh, so that's what i'd like to see and that's why i wrote about it because i thought maybe that would help people imagine here that we could do something i i really i really hope that we will get together and start moving in that direction 
in in uh, in a lot of ways because right now we're very divided in this country and it's it's unfortunate that we can't seem to get our act together to work together for the betterment of everybody does that make sense yeah i want to uh i was just working on something today related to that if you maybe a bit of a, a side angle here but you can uh whatever you want to do with this but i i was writing something today, what I, what I call, I think I'm calling it the, how the myth of the free market denies us freedom. And um, what I was getting at is this notion, and this comes to polarization at the end, so I am, I'm talking to you, to your comment, that this idea that, that the market uh, automatically sorts out Uh oh, we, we Francis, we lost your your uh, audio. Well, can you? She, might, she might have lost our audio too. Yeah, she she may have. Um, so it's well, we need to take a break at this particular moment anyway. So how's that for timing? And uh, when we when we come back, we are going to try and get her uh, hooked up again. It's um, she's gone technology so she'll, she'll be back in just a second you're listening to positive talk radio we're talking to francis more on the pay and we'll be right back after these messages do you need to boost your sales join our partnership program each quarter we promote 10 partner businesses what will you get the company will produce one 30 second video for your business your website links on positive talk radio.net and kmmedia.pro one dedicated podcast or radio show per month one video instagram reel one YouTube short, one 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview, and at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcast and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard. At the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine, our purpose is to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at pnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. 
And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio, everybody. Mitch is here, and Francis is not here yet. So, oh no, oh no. So hopefully she'll be up. Nope, Eric. Nope. Are you having a stroke, Kevin? You have a stroke yet? (laughs) He's stroking out again. I am. Yes, I'm having a stroke. So our. Our guest uh, was having problems with her audio. I suggested that maybe she step out of the studio and then step back in. Uh, And she stepped out, but she hasn't stepped back in. So uh, we're going to work on that uh, here uh, while you guys chat. Just wanted to give you a heads up in case you didn't see my note. I appreciate that very much, sir. And by the way, (laughs) do you know that there was somebody new doing commercials for us? I, you know, I kind of recognize the voice. <laughs> some, some, some guy uh, was just hanging around and we said, you know, you've you got a great voice. We should use you for commercials. And we've also got another one. Amber uh, also did the commercial that, for um, uh, the Pacific Northwest magazine and uh, the collaborative cool. magazine, which you can go yes. to uh, kmmedia.pro and it's right there and you can download it for nothing for free and it's like 90 pages and it's beautifully done and amber's done an outstanding job with it and we stand with her in that um as well as uh everything else that we're doing because uh mitch tell us about the uh oh, wait, wait a minute oh and there she is hi and we'll, hi, t- hi. we'll talk about the hey welcome back sorry i don't know what happened but um here i am <laughs> That's okay. No, it worked out. Us? We had a we had a commercial anyway, so it was perfect. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, can you hear us? Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. Okay. Good. So, where where were we before we were so rudely interrupted? Well, I was uh, raving about New Zealand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, Go ahead. Well, you know, I've got a question for you, Francis. That. Um. And I, I don't really understand it, and maybe you can help me okay. uh, because um, we've, we've got a lot of demographics in our country. Why is it that we have mostly people that have been in office for a very long time? We have um, a president who's 80. We have Mitch McConnell who's over 80. We have um, – why is it that we don't have young people either running for office or being successful in their in their um, efforts to run for office. Well, um, I want to speak to that because I had a great experience last night of a young person running for office. So uh, I'll tell you about it. But I, I really, really think that it is not very appealing uh, from from the impression that people get of democracy as this fixed and failing entity and uh, which there's only combat and, and blaming, um, that's not very attractive. And so this idea of living democracy that you asked me about that term, uh, that is some, a totally different um, way of thinking about running for public office and serving, being a servant of the public good. I mean, what could be more thrilling than that? And so um, last night, um, you know, um, I was able to hear from this group, uh, New Politics, I think I mentioned, I wanted to mention. Did I mention it already, the New Politics? Yeah, but that's all right. It bears repeating. 
Yeah, and running for office was a young woman in her 30s, uh, in her, yeah, in her 30s, who had never run for office, but because she was able to get support from this uh, group, this, I think it's just really helping young people who've never run, uh, she's able to run, and, and I was just so impressed. And I think if we, if we can just, I would check it out, New Politics, have more people like Catherine, uh, Katrina, sorry, Katrina Curran in, um, in Virginia, just a few more and we get them in the news and you should interview her. And, uh, you know, that that could begin to have a new, you know, tri uh, um, uh, you know, just each one teach one and the model of, of a young person running and being so excited about it and being so just um, impressive. I think uh, that just couldn't nothing. Well, I think it's extremely important. Let's put it that way. Uh, that could, and I think also just sharing the ideas about, you know, other countries that are managing to fight the disinformation, which makes democracy impossible, really, uh, and they're doing it in a way that is not authoritarian. I think that's so encouraging. So I love your positive, you know, your positive talk radio, because that's really what we need people. It's, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. I'm sure you, you know that term. And um, and that leads to then it, just the negative news. I, I, can I brag a little bit about? You, well, it, you, you, sold, you sold three million books. You could brag about anything. Well, I want to brag. One of my proudest moments is that I co-founded the American News Service in the 1990s, and it was all about solutions news. And we got in half the biggest papers in the country over about an eight year period. And then it various things happened that we couldn't go forward, but it was a success <laughs> and that people wanted that solutions news. And these were not nicey nice stories. You know, these were really, these were really interesting stories about people, whether it be school reform or uh, community, um, you know, safety committees in the neighborhood or, uh, a uh, more uh, democratic economy through cooperatives and, and more accountability of corporate leaders. It was all about solutions and people loved it. Very good. Now it's no, there was, well, there was another radio show or radio um, a broadcast system called Air America. Do you remember that one? I do, Air America. Uh, absolutely. My son was on it actually for, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, that also went down because. Uh, you said it, you said it very well. And uh, I've mentioned this to Mitch and the other people that work with me that you're right. If, if, if it's a negative story, it sells, it sells clicks, it sells copies, and it makes it very difficult for a positive show like what we are trying to do here. Even though there might be some people that would say, you're talking about politics today, young man, how positive could that be? We're trying to come up with solutions that are positive for for all of us so that we can all work together to make our world and our, our country and our planet a much better place. It is, uh, so we're trying to do that, but a lot of, it's hard to come up with the, with the funds to keep something like this going because it it doesn't, it's not sensationalism. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, uh, our, our, funders were not, you know, we didn't make money <laughs> at it. We, we had to have people who believed in us and contributed to us. But nonetheless, I'm, I uh, have proof that we got 
in the papers. And uh, so the news, the, the newspapers really liked our stuff. It just was the funding, you're right, getting, and this is, this is the challenge of convincing funders that there is, that if they're concerned about the future of America, people have to hear positive news. They have to hear solutions news. From your mouth to Mitch's ears. Mitch, what do you think? No, I, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's all of that. I agree. Um, I would like to hear, um, and I, but I don't want this to be a subject change, but I do want to hear more about the small planet Institute that you and your daughter founded. It's, I was reading a little bit about it. It sounds pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best thing I ever did was, I mean, well, one of the most <laughs> amazing things. Certainly you've done a lot of cool things. <laughs> I, traveled, I traveled the world with my daughter in the year 2000, and we visited the most inspiring places in the world where, for example, a, a city, a city in Brazil that had declared that it would end hunger in the entire city, Belo Horizonte, and it came extremely close, you know, it's close as one could possibly come, really successful. So we went, you know, we went continent to continent, and uh, we wrote a book together called Hope's Edge. That was Anna, my daughter's title, and we said, these are people pushing the edge of hope forward for the rest of us to walk, you know, that to, to be filled with hope ourselves and be motivated by it. And so, you know, we, we, we traveled to India, for example, and met women of the, most, the lowest caste who had no power previously in their families or in their communities. And they started to meet at night after their kids were in bed and they started lending each other little pieces, little bits of money and started buying, a little plots of land that then grew and where they grew as many, we walked in a field of 21, 21 uh, different plants. And these were healthy, healthy foods they were creating. And they ended up even so successful, they got their own radio show. I thought that would appeal to you. And uh, when I left the village, I was walking up the hill after the interviews were over and I heard this rustling behind me and I turned around and the women were rushing up the hill and they said, wait, 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 wait. And they said, we forgot to tell you the most important thing. And I said, oh, they said, yes, the most important thing is we found our courage. We found our courage. And so doing as you are, doing what's different than others, stepping out of your comfort zone to create a positive talk show. I mean, that takes courage and uh, courage is in very form. But the idea that you know, I, I love quoting Eleanor Roosevelt, who said, do something every day that scares you. <laughs> and uh, I can't say I live up to that, but I try to do what, um, you know, I try to go for the next challenge and that way I'm doing something that scares me. And I just love that slogan. Kevin does that every day. He does all kinds of things that scare him. <laughs> they scare me they scare you more than me so that's wonderful congratulations <laughs> the whole the whole idea of this whole project is to be able to put something positive out there so that um not that it counterbalances uh what's being put out there in a negative way but we've got to understand that we we we're all one and we all need to care for one another and and really work together and i think you're right having a, a having democracy that is um clear and is living 
and breathing and it is working together and it, it feeds hope. You have that on your website. It, it, yes. it feeds hope for people. And that's what we need in order to work together to make it all happen for all of us. Because you know who, who said this? He said, um, if it doesn't work for, uh, gosh, names on the tip of my tongue, it'll come up with it. But if it doesn't work for everybody, it doesn't work for anybody. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe, you know, I often say hope is not for wimps because to have hope, you have to be able to take a, a risk because how could you believe that the world can change, right, if you're not changing? And so I, I really think that hope is action. Hope is taking risks. And um, on the wall right next to me that you can't see uh, is a uh, uh, from a Chinese writer who said, hope cannot be said to exist, nor can it be said not to exist, for it is like the roads across the earth. In the beginning, there were no roads, but when many people pass one way, a road is made. And so every time we step out, we make room for somebody else to come and to risk and to find their inner courage. Yeah. I, I th really think that that's important. I, I was gonna, I was gonna bring up a Back to the Future reference. I was, yeah, I was. <laughs> where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> oh, good! I love you. You're the, you're thinking like me. That's it's so. Um, but it's it's important that that we are willing to go into a place where nobody has gone. Who who was that? Rod Sterling or somebody? Going into a place where nobody has gone before. No, that's Star Trek. What am I talking about? Um, anyway, but it's important because we all need to work together um, to take our country to a, a place where it has never been before. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I want to do? Uh, I'm here in the office by myself, and I thought my phone was fully charged, and I realized right before we began that I wasn't, it wasn't, and I just want to make sure if I just want to see if I, I'm here alone, if I have a charger. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we do this? Uh, why we've got another break that we need to take. Okay. And then we'll go, we'll go to break and we'll come right back with, by the way, we're talking with, um, with, um, um, Francis, Francis LePay, Francis Moore LePay. And, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio. Okay. Thank you. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. Hello, everybody. If I could have your attention, please, I have an important announcement to make just for you. As you may know, PTR is heard and seen on radio, KKNW, and now Kixie, several websites, podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and most social media. At PTR, we believe in working together to make the world a better place, and because you're listening, we know that you're dedicated to the same. So we'd like to support your efforts by offering an outstanding multimedia package for you at a deeply discounted rate. As our partner, you'll receive commercial creation, 
both video and audio, at least 10 commercial plays per week, a monthly show to highlight your business and passion, exclusive website positioning with links, video shorts for social media, commercial plays on all shows, podcasts, KKNW, and Kixie. Your commercial is embedded into each episode and as a podcast is sent to over 50 different platforms. All shows are performed live and sent to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter and stay there forever. Your podcast episodes are provided to you to use as you see fit. This one-time offer is only $250 a week based on a 13-week commitment. And as our partner, we are vested in your success and will do everything in our power to make it happen. However, there are limited spots available, so don't hesitate. Please email me at kevin at kmmedia.pro, and let's get the ball rolling. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey there, I would personally like to thank you for making Positive Talk Radio part of your day. Whether you like podcasts or the radio show, we're glad to have you along. I'd love to hear from you with thoughts about the show and ways that we can make it even better. You are the reason we do these shows, because the more people we can touch, the better we can make the planet and our time here just magnificent. Please contact me, Kevin, at kmmedia.pro with any thoughts, comments, or suggestions. And thank you for being in my dream. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. You know, you'd think that uh, since I put the commercials together in line that I would know when they ended and stuff, well... That you would be incorrect if you assumed that, but but Mitch, I wanted to ask you. <clears throat> you talked about a commercial on there, and you talked about a new schedule. What what did you mean? What were you saying? What were you trying to tell our audience? <laughs> um, I think that we were going to have some consistent scheduling <laughs> that was going to start on the fourth of September, <laughs> along with many other benefits of being and on the show, all yes. kinds of different things. Well, no, we are we are now doing the show at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, and it's either going to be on Kixie or it's going to be on KKNW or it's going to be on the podcast on uh, on YouTube. You know how many YouTube uh, views we have these days? Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. I, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. I don't. I don't know. I don't look. You don't know. 200,000. No. Now, it's not 3 million like like uh, uh, Francis, but. 200,000 uh, views on YouTube is what we have to date. So we are we are growing. You know, we can benefit you by the advertising that we run and you becoming a partner with us, all that kind of stuff. And Francis is back. So I want to, we've, we've got about 18 minutes left in the show. So I want to make sure that we have time to talk with you. Francis Moore LePay, how are you? Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, oh, crap. <laughs> I could hear you there we for a moment. Heard you. <laughs> <laughs> it now has become past tense. 
Well, so we're hoping that that will come. Can now she's she's going to reintroduce herself, and so we're going to see. Up oh, there she is again. This is, this is kind of fun. I wish for those of you that cannot see this, um, we 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 do the show on on the, of course the radio, but you can also go to YouTube and you can watch this entire little drama that we've got going play out and stuff. But uh, Francis, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, oh no, I thought we lost her. <laughs> You're back. You're back. Audio's gone. The audio's uh, audio's gone. Yeah. Um, yep. See, we've got this. We've got uh, so so. Mitch, we, first of all, I'd like to thank you and yeah. welcome you to uh, Wednesdays with us. You're going to be yeah. Wednesdays afternoon me. with us every week. Are we back? Can can you can you hear us, Francis? Barely, barely. Uh, uh, oh, we can we can hear you, dear. Yeah, we can hear you. So so we're we're there. You go there. You go. I can hear you now. Okay, good. Uh, okay, okay good. So this is this is kind of unique and fun, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> this is. <laughs> so before before, before we were, go ahead i'm sorry what i am in the spirit of your show i'm trying to stay positive <laughs> well good i'm proud of you now but i before we end i do did want to mention that you have written and you and your daughter have written 20 books you've sold over 3 million copies um and that was your first book. What got you motivated? Was there a moment in time when you felt the passion to write and then the fat passion to write the way you did rather than pick a, uh, a novel or, or I know people that write in horror and different things like that. What mm -hmm. decided you to pick what you're doing? I had a burning question I had to answer. And uh, that's what I tell young people, you know, as I said before, you know, find your question, because the world was saying that, you know, that everybody thought we we're running out of food. And I said, wait a minute, I don't have a PhD in this, but it's pretty obvious to me that we're not. And um, then I found the friendly librarian at the UC Berkeley Library who helped me literally. Do you know what a slide rule is? <laughs> I do. Um... Okay. Um, younger people don't but it's it's an instrument before we had calculators and yes. so i had dad's slide rule in a leather case and i went to the uc berkeley ag library and and i just put the numbers together and that was so empowering i said oh if you have a question i really mean all of us anyone listening that see if you can get an answer yourself and let one thing lead you to the next and the next and keep asking the next question and so the next question ultimately when i realized there wasn't enough food there was more than enough food i said is you know i said earlier the scarcity is democracy and so a lot of my life has been this really thinking of as you as you rightly called it what i call living democracy it's not a dull duty it's an exciting way of life and um that's that's what I'm hoping uh, that more and more, especially young people, can realize. And so it's so excited to learn about this new project, new politics that is bringing young people to run for office who would never have thought of that before. 
And and so at our website, we have a democracy website called just democracymovement.us. So it's democracymovement.us or .us, however you want to look at it. And, um, you know, it gives you a feeling of the energy of this movement. And, and the other thing I want to say about it is if anybody listening um, feels lost and feels a little scared, I, I think just find one buddy. I really believe in the buddy system that you can you can then talk about, okay, what are the big questions that you have? And then promise each other that you're going to make that call or you're going to volunteer there or you're just going to read that and then and, and you're going to bring something to the other person. So this buddy system, I strongly believe in that we love to be, you know, that to bond, but bond through accountability to each other, right? To take a risk. And I quoted earlier, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt, do something every day that scares you. And I can't say I live every day with something that scares me, but this show is a little, you know, I haven't been on the radio much with all the things going on. And so the point, the point is, find a friend and then commit to doing what you thought you could not do. And that may be, you know, really digging into a particular problem in your community and say, okay, what's missing here that, that I could contribute to the solutions to. Now, I, I want to ask both of you this question because I, I, I'm not sure I know the answer to it. So Francis and, and, and Mitch, are you finding, cause Mitch, you are younger and Francis, you are, working with younger people, are you finding that there's more enthusiasm with younger people about helping change our system and to make it better? And the more people are getting involved with uh, running for office and, and being part of the process. Well, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Francis, go first. Um, well, I, as I, I've mentioned more than once, I guess already that, that I'm finding, uh, like these new tools, like this new, um, new politics project that is encouraging young people to run for office. I don't know. I don't, I haven't seen a statistic about, um, young people engagement, but another group, I really encourage our listeners to go to, uh, which is led by the young man who mm. I wrote during democracy with. Um, his name is Adam Eichen, and the organization is called Equal Citizens, Equal Citizens. And I love that idea that we all are equal in this regard. And uh, it gives you a lot of ideas for what you can do um, and, um, you know, across the country, what, what's live uh, in your community. Um, and um, also, you know, the, our website, also you can see what's happening in different parts of the country. So... Um, but I think the key to it is to think of engagement is, I, I can't say this enough, it's not as a duty, but as an exciting opportunity is, um, you know, um, I guess, <laughs> you know, getting your heart pounding is the goal by doing something that is new and a little risky, but it's enough to make your heart go pound, pound, pound. And so I try to live by that, but that pounding heart, um, idea. Um, I did a little twist on it once when I was really scared to raise my hand in a, <clears throat> in a audience of where Al Gore was speaking. And I was really nervous because all my friends thought he walked on water and I was going to be critical and I was scared and my heart parted, started pounding. And I said, Oh, I'm going to rename that my inner applause. 
So when your heart starts pounding with fear, it might be just your inner applause telling you you're doing exactly what you should be doing. And I got my hand up. He didn't call on me, but I got my hand up. <laughs> Mitch, what do you think? Do you think that uh, the, the younger people are more politically savvy or, or at least thinking about, about the state of our country and how they can, uh, things that they can do when you, when you go to a cocktail party or a, or a, or a barbecue, do, does that subject ever even come up? Yeah, it's a tough subject, though. I think all of that, I think politics in general are a very tough topic, or they can be in mixed crowds. So when you say cocktail party, uh, and you're you're not necessarily in control of everybody that's there, you, it might be a dangerous place to have some of these conversations. It just depends. It shouldn't be, but it can be. But um, no, you know, I don't think that there's enough. Um, I don't know that there's enough knowledge and when i say when i say that i think that that that's it's on the side of the younger generation i don't think they seek out as much knowledge we have a lot of people a lot of younger generation and and just people in general but that are just i call them headline readers you know or they're just they're they're not really diving in and researching and getting that knowledge about some of the things that we've talked about but then they're very quick to go and post and talk about it or an opinion about it. But then they don't really, you know, I, I have trouble sometimes talking to certain people when I don't, I don't, I don't really think that they know what they're talking about. So I think that, sorry, kind of a long winded answer, but I don't think that they're, I think it may be a little bit more, um, you know, there I've heard people that are, that have, they've wanted to, speak more or get more involved in some of the political things over the last four or five years. Um, I don't know they've really done a lot. They've, they've actually made actions forward towards doing that. So I'd say maybe a little bit, but not nearly enough. Um, if that answers your question, sorry, I was a yeah. little all over the place. Go ahead, Francis. Yeah. I want to describe a life changing moment for me or multiple moments, but uh, an action. And this could apply to a lot of people is that, um, not not exactly, but I'll tell you. Okay, in twenty in twenty sixteen, I joined a march of a hundred miles um, to Washington D.C. to sit in on the Capitol steps, calling for the passage of the Voting Rights Act. And I I didn't think I didn't think I could walk ten miles, right? And I ended up in this march that was life changing because. The people I marched with, I got to talk to and, you know, a veteran, somebody who had worked on Wall Street, a teenager from California, I mean, all over. And when I when I was able to talk to people and realize that such different um, life experiences, we all shared one thing, and that was a passion for real democracy, passion for voting rights. And uh, it was so... I, I think that taking risks like that, and if there's any kind of demonstration in your community for things related to our democracy crisis, to go and to buddy up with others and listen who share your passion and just being part of something like that was risk taking and made me believe a little bit more in my own courage. And so just look for those opportunities to do something that scares you back to Eleanor Roosevelt, but again, uh, the buddy system and 
once you do one thing that you didn't think you could do, hey, uh, it'll be a lot easier to do the next. And just to to know that there are that many people who we were walking together, so different lives, and yet we we had that one thing in common that we really believed that democracy was the core core values challenge. I think that's great. Did you? By the way, did you make it the entire hundred miles? I I did. I did. What force dump there? And. Uh, yeah, and sitting on the Capitol steps in front of me, it was a brilliant. Somebody thought of dressing themselves in the Statue of Liberty costume. Oh, yes. And so she was then taken away by the police. Oh, um, you're kidding. And so I got a picture of the Statue of Liberty being uh, being handcuffed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed, but it was a great symbol. It was a great symbol. Uh, we have to un, un, unlock the Statue of Liberty and and really live it in our daily lives. You know, it's interesting. There was a gal that used to ride the bus, and she dressed up and wore all the makeup and and would go, like, down to First Avenue in Seattle, and she would stand there like a statue, and people thought it was a statue because she had all the makeup on, and including her face and stuff, and she never said a word, um, and then people would give her money and 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 stuff and but she never got arrested um but people did think that it was a little bizarre but uh i'm, I'm surprised that some that the police would haul her away well i think we were all breaking you know we were sitting in on the capitol steps oh, <laughs> oh you you were doing something bad you were you were, bad? Break, oh, well, we, you, were we were um yeah and and then uh at night they would we would all go to this holding pen sort of uh, they did take us. Ultimately, the police got us all loaded into uh, trucks and, and took us somewhere just as a kind of holding pen. But even that was so rewarding because I got to speak like to a veteran and two different people I would never have spoken to otherwise. And to realize what we are common passion for democracy. And we still have to pass that law. <laughs> but um, I'm You've still been trying to get that done for 100 years, it seems like. So. Um... We um, and you know that uh, one of the things that is really important to um, focus on is what in a you know in a country excuse me in a county in a city where there are uh, initiatives that um, can really make voting easier and can um, really make um, um, you know just like um, why don't why don't we have voter registration for every 18 year old, whether it's the senior high school or the uh, uh, freshman year in college. So that there's just automatically that you get registered and you start feeling like, okay, I can express my power now. And that would make a huge difference. That would make a huge difference. We're going to end up having to go because we're running out of time, but Francis more Le Pay, she, she's written, uh, 20 books go to living democracy or small planet institute.com dot org dot org i'm sorry and thank you for being here i really appreciate it oh and, you're you're terrific what a pleasure thank you thank and you for mitch is going to take us out and we'll see everybody on friday at noon all right, all of our beautiful listeners out there, you are listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW 1150. 
And remember, be kind to one another because each other is all we got.